I've just been told that my narration has been called by some as being problematic. Would you care to explain, Connor? Um, I can't divulge my sources. Well, I'm just going to assume. Oh, okay. I was, <laughs> I was going to say I assume it was Fletcher, but now that I have confirmation, I know exactly how to retaliate. So thank you for stepping forward. Not a problem, sir. Sir. No. <laughs> sir. I mean, look at him. He still respects the man. chain of command. <laughs> Let him have it. <laughs> Yeah, come on, Fletcher. What was problematic about my use of verbature last month? Was it me calling every woman like a whore as I stepped into the character of Joe Goldberger? Was it my endorsement of his murderous rampage across New York? No, no, not at all. It's that you weren't offensive enough. Oh, I see. <laughs> now, that's that's an interesting take. Um, I think maybe you took the wrong message away last time. <laughs> well, you see, allow me. <laughs> You see this chart? Engagement is down. Now, we don't track negative or positive engagement, but the point is it's down. I see. Okay, you know what? So we're going to crank up the crazy just a little bit this week when we talk about the sequel to you, Hidden Bodies, again by Caroline Kepnes. Oh, I thought it would be B. And then the next one could be Dupree. Oh, okay. <laughs> now that is an interesting film to novel transportation, Connor. I don't know if it's going to necessarily do very well. I, I don't really know if this one would do very well either if it wasn't for the Netflix sequel season, because it is shockingly different from the book. There were some changes last time, mostly about how the kid in Joe's building is being abused and Joe steps in to stop an abusive father figure. Never happened in the book, by the way. Also, the way he does the murders are a little bit different. This one changes wholesale sale one who the villain is turns other characters into murderers and invents whole backstories that never exist like i think in the second season delilah is some mexican reporter chick who has like an underage sister she's taking care of again the netflix just adding a child for joe to look after that didn't exist in the book so melodramatic i'm just here to kill people you know Basically, we don't start with the killing just yet, Madre, because we open with him dating the girl he met at the end of the last book, Amy Adam, who is a beautiful blonde who doesn't have any kind of internet presence. What's her height? She's tall. What's her weight? Undefined. <laughs> what's, what's her eye color? What's her defining feature? The fact that she eats blueberries and is very messy and slovenly. Uh, how many hey. blueberries can she eat? In I a feel sitting? like if you're slovenly eating blueberries, you would have a defined shape. Oh yeah, she's hot. That's the other defined thing. Oh. And they're dating, and Joe the whole time he's just upset because he left that mug of piss behind in Peach Salinger's house, and he's normally so careful. He doesn't know how he could make a mistake like that. Is he? I think he just hasn't been caught. Like he just like strangled somebody. Like, and then he put rocks in her pocket and said, "I'm killing myself." Bye. It was the perfect crime. <laughs> He decides to take Amy with him on his romantic trip up to Rhode Island. And along the way, he realizes that Peach's whole family is now at the house and that he can't just sneak in and steal it. So he has to make up a reason why they're there. And he's like, yeah, yeah no, no. What he does is he goes out with his girlfriend and then they bamboozle their way and pretend to be different people. Well, they go and hang out with this like couple eating dinner and they become best friends with the couple and then dine and dash. Do they have which, which by far is his greatest crime yet of ordering multiple appetizers and then not splitting the bill. Dastardly. <laughs> Just kill me, you bastard. On the way back, he falls back in love with Amy and he's like, you know what? Maybe I don't need to worry about that jar of DNA sitting in the house of the woman I killed. It's probably not even going to come up at any point. Yeah, but they'd but, have to like match his piss to that piss, bro. And they're yeah, not getting they more already piss. got plenty of DNA to go through if what I remember about Peach is true. So the big thing 
is that during this trip, Joe is like looking through her phone and she catches him and she's like, you don't trust me? Now, you know, I just think maybe you need to give me something so I know you trust me. Like maybe a key to that massive cage of priceless books you keep in the basement that only you have access to, the ones I keep asking about, the, if I just had something to get in there, maybe while you were away, it would make me feel better. We're not living together. Okay, I Sure. Can. So he makes her a key to the cage of priceless books. Wait, why doesn't he just give her his key? Because then he wouldn't have one, Fletcher. It's a special key made just for her. And the books, have... boy. <laughs> the books. <laughs> oh, Mr. Mooney, is that you? <laughs> you can't let her into the priceless books. Let her into the priceless books. Whatever you say, Mr. Mooney, <laughs> as long as it gets me a girlfriend. And then they get back and she says, you know, I'm just so tired. I'd prefer to sleep in my own bed tonight. Don't worry about coming in early tomorrow, by the way. And Joe, being the master criminal that he is thinks sure no problem you have fun uh and when he walks in the next morning i'm just gonna let you guess what he finds the angry spirit of mr mooney (laughs) saying i told you so he's not dead yet madre (laughs) (laughs) but his spirit haunts the store still so yeah obviously the books are fucking gone and he knows it was her because her key is by the open cage there's blueberry smears all over oh, some of the what her yeah. calling card she was just don't you get it we're the blueberry bandits even <laughs> blueberries at every crime scene I noticed that my fingerprints weren't very clear when I was robbing these people and then she left him a sweet little note in a crappy book that he hated saying sorry Joe I guess we're just too much alike love Amy. Why would he look in a book he hates? And then he decides that, well... Time to kill her. A certain someone is going to have to die. <laughs> yeah. Joe's back. So I want to I want to point this out that in the Netflix show, the reason he flees to L.A. is to escape his original girlfriend, Candace, who Netflix just wholesale brings back from the dead in huh? season two. Yeah. It's she like shows back up stalking him because he thinks he killed her. No, he leaves in book two specifically to kill another woman. Sure. So already we have a slight changing of motivations. He's here. not a bad guy guy spencer he, he just has a lot of uh emotion yeah he's super cool yeah he, he's in love oh uh he's he's <laughs> in something all right because he, he has to go talk to mr mooney and he shows up with a bunch of mr mooney's favorite sausages and mooney just opens the door and says did we get robbed again joseph uh, again <laughs> yeah because they got robbed in the first book remember when uh the ex-employee like teenagers oh. yeah yeah <laughs> when the gang of teenagers beat i just up assume Joe. they like stole all the stephen king books or something no uh he says that's a public service <laughs> <laughs> well mr mooney unfortunately we did get robbed again he's like well at least we're insured joseph oh not for that much <laughs> it was like twenty thousand dollars worth <laughs> uh? of books that she ripped off by the way so joe he does a lot of legwork and she realizes that amy didn't actually clear the search history of anything she's the worst thief ever so he just looked up he's like apartments to rent in la cheap free headshots la moving to la best location for actresses road trip (laughs) so he basically knows where she was looking around and then he talks to a bunch of people because she was also in the upright citizens brigade which is a acting troupe and he's like she's like yeah we call her offline amy but she was talking about moving to la this specific portion and joe's like you know what thanks for the help i really appreciate if she's offline then why was she using the computer also she's gonna act in la with like zero network 
networking ability. He's talking with Mr. Mooney, and he's like, I'm going to L.A., Mr. Mooney. He's like, is it for a woman, Joseph? And he's like, I suppose you could say that. It's revenge for the books, Mr. Mooney. <laughs> In that case, I understand. <laughs> no, Joseph, you're wasting your life going to L.A. It's the tip of the volcano of stupidity of this world. Can you imagine, Madre, if you just walked into work after you, like, broke a forklift? You're like, yeah, I'm going to go on vacation for the next two weeks. Oh, okay. Don't be surprised if I come back with another forklift. So Mr. Mooney, he eventually just says, go, Joseph. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what? And then Joe's packing up his apartment. Mr. Mooney shows back up and he gives Joe a stack of cash and says, <laughs> just remember, Joseph, what? when you're out there, never move for a woman. Don't trust him. Also, don't eat too many veggies. And don't call them veggies. Don't go in the pool. It's dirty. Don't go in the ocean. It's also dirty. Don't become an actor, for God's sake. Don't watch too much television. Don't go outside too much. Don't cook a steak till it's medium well. Don't use Tabasco sauce on your eggs. And for the love of God, remember to leave your batteries reversed in order, starting with triple A and moving downward to single A. Aw, he Uh, really does care. Question, Mr. Mooney, is there anything else? And if you are by chance a serial killer, I'm just going to say make sure you don't hypothetically leave DNA all over this crime scene. Well, you don't have to worry about that one, Mr. Mooney. I've already done it. Chekhov's piss jar. (laughs) Chekhov's piss jar. So Joe now has a fat stack of cash. He frees up. He's walking out of the apartment building and a kid is like, where are you going, mister? And he just turns and dramatically says to the child to make the world a better place. And then he walks out. And next thing we know, he's flying into L.A. And he like sets up shop where he thinks Amy is. And then he meets a colorful cast of L.A. crew. And the whole time, the theme of this book is Joe referencing the Fast and the Furious Five. Because he's like, I'm putting together the five. Yes, specifically the fifth fast and the furious isn't that the one where they first meet hobbs yeah and he's like i'm putting together a team just like dominic toretto does in the fast and the furious yeah you know i couldn't think of any great stories that they put together a team oceans who italian what mission what (laughs) maybe some of them which have george clooney Maybe a book. Do you read read enough of those, Joe? So Joe is sitting at a coffee shop. Uh, He's typing up a bunch of fake ads to try to trick Amy into coming to a fake audition. And he's just getting tons of nudes from like random wannabe actresses. And some lady like sees him typing. She's like, oh, are you a screenwriter? And he's like, yes, it's a porno. (laughs) Just because he's like doesn't like dealing he hates la by the way he's constantly talking shit about in this first portion and he's just like smiling to himself thinking about how he's going to enjoy dissecting amy (laughs) so yeah not not a serial killer it's a good thing he got his spark back man it's good to see him back (laughs) so he meets the first of the la team calvin who's this bookshop owner joe because he needs a job there he's like he's a complete simpleton and he has like movies playing in a bookshop which joe takes great offense to and he's like referencing fast five what do you reading the novelization so then he's like you don't get it everyone's an idiot but me i can't even believe this place doesn't have a specialty book section is this all his monologue or is he speaking this out loud because i feel the need to ask it's 50 50 so far what yeah so he's got he also he also has a roommate harvey who's a 50 year old failed insurance salesman turned comedian who has the most annoying catchphrase in the world of Failed insurance salesman? Am I right or am I right? How hard is it to sell insurance? <laughs> don't worry, he dies of cancer in this story. <laughs> Whoa, hey, don't even give me time to attach to the Harvey character. And he's like, I hate L.A. You can't walk anywhere. In New York, you could stalk a woman for seven blocks without anyone noticing. And also, everyone here, they're so superficial. No one has any real personality here. It's all just fake, putting on faces for whatever they need at the time. 
a little bit Boy, of that irony poisoning <laughs> should be kicking in any time now, Jill. So he's like, I'm building a team to find and kill Amy. And first off, <laughs> why does he need a team? It's a heist. You can only beat somebody who does heists with another heist. It wasn't a heist though. He gave her the key. Yes, it was the perfect one person heist. So he meets a woman named Don't Fuck Delilah, which in the Netflix show is a investigative journalist who takes care of, like I mentioned, her underage sister after their parents died and she's hardworking. In the novel, she is basically described as a woman that likes to have a lot of sex. And uh, she, I think, is a journalism dropout and she immediately starts stalking Joe. Like they have one conversation and then she's like, hey, have fun shopping, smiley face. And like, she, he's, she's just sending him updates of where he is. And he's like, where the fuck is this bitch? I don't <laughs> Is this what I do to people? So she's like, hey, by the way, I have an invite to Henderson's party and Henderson is a comedian played by Chris Elia, who immediately oh, after, no. who immediately in the Netflix show after playing a pedophile was revealed to be an actual pedophile. So um, sure we call that method acting. <laughs> you had to you get into commit, character somehow. You have to commit to the bit, Spencer. You Henderson, gotta be authentic. <laughs> Henderson in the novel is just like a comedian that's super popular at him and Amy watched all the time. And so Joe hates him immediately because he's not a real comedian. He's just a narcissist. And Joe, he's going around. He finds the pantry, which is the grocery shop that a pair of super rich LA people own. It's going to come back in the story later, but basically right now it's just him going to different bars and on Tinder dates and he's having like sex with women while he's just like, it's nice, but I just wish I could strangle Amy to death. That's why I came here and it's just impossible to find her. He just meets bad people. (laughs) Yeah, well, so Calvin, part of his elite team, the stoner bookshop owner that Joe works for, well, he told him to be on the lookout for someone, a hot girl who'd be dropping off very valuable rare books like he has like a whole list of the stuff she stole he's like she likes eating blueberries for some reason He's like, hey there, bro. Someone just dropped off one of those books. And he like rushes across town in the middle of the night, gets there. And he's like, what? Oh, a book? No, this is the play, bro. What? You said you wanted a copy. <laughs> <laughs> and like Joe is on the verge of murdering this man. And he's like, Joe, bro, listen, you need to chill. Have you tried a juice cleanse? You remind me of someone. <laughs> I'm sorry. He's like, you know what? You need to relax. Here's this Henderson video. And he shows... Joe the video of Amy's favorite comedian He's, and Henderson in the clip is like and I just like to say thanks to my new girlfriend who eat, loves to eat blueberries Amy and like it pans over and she's in the crowd What <laughs> does she yes. like put on a face of shock she's like oh me <laughs> yes and then Joe's like well I think I need to go to Henderson's party Calvin how about you come with me say is someone to confirm my exact location at specific times and Calvin who is already like stoned out of his mind is just like I can't confirm anything, man. So, Joe, he goes to, like, a hardware store, and he buys zip ties, ropes, plastic bags, a knife. Wait, all no while- No hammer? Oh, well- You always gotta get a hammer. Hammer's the classic. Oh, well, Calvin's just chilling watching? Uh, they meet up later, but the cashier is like, don't worry, I'm a big fan of Fifty Shades, too. And then as he's walking out, Joe just says, and this is the problem with our society, killing and fucking are the same thing now. Someone really should help educate them all. Yeah, maybe a guy who does both all the time. (laughs) But you're only one dude. And so he has like a pantry bag filled with murder tools, and Calvin brought like a bunch of goons with him, and they're all just like hassling Joe, like, nice purse, bro. What's in there? You're a 
retractable dick <laughs> or your makeup. <laughs> Not very progressive for an L.A. crowd, are you? <laughs> Americans aren't smart enough to understand parks and recs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, the other thing is they're constantly name dropping actors and shows this whole time. It really sets itself firmly at like 2010. But Joe is just thinking to himself, I can't kill them all. I can't kill them all. Gotta kill Amy. Gotta kill Amy. Keep it together, Joe. He's got a goal. Well, they get to Henderson's party, which is in Hollywood Hills, and it's just a bunch of hipsters talking to each other. And Henderson comes out, and he's like, man, I just have so many good jokes. How about I work on some sets with you guy? And he's stealing some bits from, like, Louis C.K. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, then Henderson goes on and talks about his new girlfriend, who's not there tonight, but she totally exists. And he says, but she was telling me about her old boyfriend, who was so bad at sex. I mean, this guy, he was awful. And I forgot to mention earlier that Joe and Ooh. Amy fuck, and Ooh. he... He, like finishes in like one minute and then she leaves. Isn't that he just doesn't get better? Isn't that a decline? Didn't you mention he was longer in the first book? Yeah, you said he was like two minutes. Well, let's just say things aren't going super hot for Joe. And then Henderson's like, and this guy, I mean, he must have been ugly because that's all she can talk about. Like he's just spinning this whole joke, and then he starts getting into like some anti-Semitic comments. Oh no! And Joe is just oh, like, finally. <laughs> and Joe is just like, dear women of New York, you are superior, and you shouldn't make fun of people, Henderson. He's just thinking this to himself because actions have consequences and during the party he just like walks up to henderson's room and starts looking for his quote box of secrets huh? as like everyone's laughing at the fact that like my girlfriend's ex-boyfriend he was just bad at sex <laughs> yeah, but as like a bit would that kill so he goes up and he finds henderson's box of secrets which is just a whole stash of henderson's like ex-wife information who apparently is like remarried with like a family and kids and henderson is still clearly pining over so joe takes henderson's water and drops about four percocets in there and oh. uh, yeah <laughs> sure. so then he like gets in the closet and just waits so henderson drinks the water passes out asphyxiation not quite so joe he like ties up then he's, he's questioning henderson and the first thing is like, not where amy is he's like so did she really say i was bad at sex <laughs> Yeah, way to play your hand there. And then he's like, "No, no, he she said that you were awesome at it." And then oh, she thank goodness. and then she and then she dumped me, man. All right, I can kill you with a clear conscience. <laughs> well, he goes on and just says, "Look, dude, this is crazy. If you want money, I can get you money. What is this like a pitch thing? I love it. Let me talk to my people. We can get you something." <laughs> I hate LA. I hate LA. I hate LA. <laughs> so Joe's like, okay, sure. Let's talk about this. Henderson's like, great. Can I get some more water though? And Joe <laughs> says, no problem, pal. Oh no. So Henderson ODs and then Joe goes down, gets like <sighs> this party snacks and just starts tossing it around the room <laughs> and staging it to make it look like an orgy or something gone wrong. He leaves. Well, man, do you see that guy throwing out party snacks? Yeah, it makes me want to have sex. Wow. So he took six Percocet and drowned himself in checks mix that's crazy <laughs> classic <though>. suicide <laughs> so before he leaves joe does write down henderson's skincare routine because you know how it's chris to elliot in the fucking show henderson in the book apparently is like a muscle-bound perfect skin pearly white smile god who's getting behind this guy as a comedian <laughs> so joe goes ahead and he's packing up when he gets stopped by officer robin finch who is played by some like actual detective character actor in the show. Here's just a blonde, buff, broken-nosed idiot who shows up, and he just starts immediately fucking with Joe. He's like, so, New York license, huh? How long you've been in L.A. then? You know, we wait for the light to turn here in L.A., New York boy. 
Wow, you should be up on stage. This shit kills. Did I say fucking move? What are you, a fucking tard or something? Yes. No, I'm not a tard. <laughs> oh, yeah? Well, you could have sure fooled me. Now stay right there, you New York pussy. <laughs> Once again, these, these LA crowds aren't very progressive. <laughs> and he just responds, no, I'm not a tard. Well, that's because New tar. Yorkers are subhuman, Madre. Well, oh. well, then, he's like, as he's hating on Joe, he's just casually <laughs> dropping like all sorts of racial slurs. He's like bullying Joe. He takes Joe's headphones and just like, thanks for the gift. And he's like, why are you doing this? He's like, because you're an asshole. And then he just like drives off after ticketing Joe like $300 for jaywalking. What? Yeah, I love how like in the show he's like a serious detective who has like in a relationship with Delilah and he's like trying to crack the code of all like these serious crimes. And here he just shows up and he starts bullying Joe immediately. It's perfect. He's... Oh, God, he's like the cop from the first Rambo. <laughs> when I give you a ride to the edge of L.A. So he gets back to his apartment, and Joe is like, you know what? I need to celebrate with a pizza. And he orders one. <laughs> After being robbed. <laughs> and hours later, a guy shows up, same night, in a Henderson is dead t-shirt. Because ap- apparently everyone already knows, and they've already made t-shirts for this. And Joe's like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> that was quick. So then Delilah shows back up, and after she's like harassing the whole time, like, hey, where are you? Are you at Birds? Are you at Lapoo? Hey, are you going to Henderson's? Like, non-stop. This is, in the audiobook format, this is like three hours of her her just texting him and not getting a response she shows up like fake crying and he's like we should have sex and so he bangs don't fuck delilah who while they're in the act leans in close and she says to him my mom's visiting next weekend she wants to meet you uh, uh, it's nice uh, that she managed to find time with that before the well, minute expired uh, uh, I, i'm gonna last longer than a minute because she fucking killed it and then she's like will you come have dinner with us and he's like yeah sure whatever and he decides to start hunting amy again the next day so he goes to an audition he thinks she might be at and it's there that he meets love quinn and he like had one run in briefly with her earlier so he like recognizes her by look and they immediately just start talking and all this shit takes place in like one day where they're like riding back and forth immediately hitting it off and then she's like texting her brother 40 they go to meet him and he's like a playful chris hemsworth type in the show very attractive no he's like a they're both 35 by the way love is like seven years older than joe and 40 is her twin and he's got leathery tanned skin hair so bleach blonde that it looks like it's thinning and he is kicked back just saying no problem old sport you're hilarious huh i'm just working on this casting once i have it done i'm gonna finish the script and this is one of my five projects you see i'm a writer why does everyone from L.A. talk like this? What do you mean, old sport? Because this is a fictionalized version of L.A. to justify Joe killing people. And they, he finds out that Love and Forty's parents own the pantry, that grocery store near where he lives, where he was hunting for Amy. He also finds out that, in addition to having a grocery store, they own a lot of mineral markets in California and, as such, are obscenely wealthy. Oh, sure. So they decide to leave the shoot, and Love is just immediately taken with Joe. So they're in a car, and she's like, yeah, I have two... Two dead husbands, by the way. And uh, I used to be in law school, but you see, I dropped out. I was there all semester. I was just thinking, give me a sign if it's not meant to be. And then 9-11 happened. Uh, uh. <laughs> that's not the sign you want to take there, buddy. <laughs> so where were you on 9-11, Joe? It just like cuts back to Joe in the cage in Mr. Mooney's bookshop basement. The book's Joseph. <laughs> Think about the books. Man, isn't it great how tragedy can bring people together? <laughs> 
So she's like, I'm helping my brother make a movie, but me, I much prefer my charities. We're teaching children how to swim. That That's it? Big deal. Babies can swim. <laughs> uh-uh, Connor. I tried to dip a baby in a pool once. It drowned. You had to let it go. <laughs> oh, okay. Maybe a different kind of charity you're working on, but they're going to an ultra-exclusive country club for dinner. 40, he's there already. He says, no, I was much too busy to get a date, mother. You see, I'm when you're heading up five different pilot projects at the same time, you don't have time to worry about love. <laughs> no offense, love. Then love and everyone is just fawning over Joe. They're like, oh, Joseph, you're so <laughs> Funny and smart. <laughs> you know, and Forty's like, yes, perhaps we should call him the professor. And Joe's like, yeah, maybe you should call me the professor. No, stop gassing why, him why up. <laughs> They're like, oh, Joe. You know what I love, though, Joe? The Fast and the Furious movies. Especially oh, no. how they talk about the concept of family. Because that's what's important, Joe. Why are they letting it's this guy family. cook? <laughs> and then Joe is like, Yes, but what about the most recent Fast Five, I believe it was called? Cash the check, Kepnis. <laughs> so as they're having like this great dinner, Milo shows up and he is a writer and immediately Love starts paying attention to him, you know, because he entered the conversation. So yeah. Joe angrily storms away and starts searching up this guy on his phone on Google. And he's like, let's just see Milo. Oh, look, he's a award-winning script writer who apparently had his brother kill his father, which he then turned into an art book and a play and a feature length short. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, and then Joe is just sitting there angrily like, I can't believe she didn't pay attention to me. When he gets a note saying love is up in her room waiting for him, he goes up there and there's a literal bathtub of champagne waiting for him and he's like, how dare she? She thinks she can flex on me to make me look poor? Pour it out, love. And she's like, this is $25,000 worth of champagne. And he's like, do it. <laughs> And she's like, well, okay. And then they have sex for a couple of days. The way he denied sure. my expression of love was so dreamy. Yeah, this is literally just Joe in a room with her for days as Delilah is sending him like 50 texts a day. Like, where are you? If you don't text me back, I'm never talking to you again. Okay, I didn't mean it, but seriously, where are you? So he would have caught Amy by now if he wasn't so hopelessly attractive and magnetic. Yeah, literally every chapter, he's just banging a different different chick thinking, I really need to get back to killing and cutting up Amy. I wonder where she could be. Anyway, time to go bang this million-dollar heiress who's hopelessly taken with me. This is why serial killers need to be ugly. <laughs> Keeps them focused on the real things. And, you know, the problem is that he's too attractive. He never built character. Like, you know, take Fletcher, for example. Sure. Horribly disfigured. Yeah. Acid burns down half his face. But it's sure. because of for that. All you know. It's because of that he learned that he needed to get really good at flipping coins and letting a two-headed coin decide if he was going to commit crimes or not. <laughs> and that's why I kill people. You know, being too beautiful is how they got Ted Bundy. <laughs> the classic serial killer dilemma. Do I have sex with the woman or cut her head off first? And so he's going on his sexcapade through L.A. When he gets a text from Calvin, he's like, by the way, a super hot chick with those books is here at the bookstore. And he's like, Not falling for that one again. Okay, keep her there. He's like, how? So, so Joe's like, you want to be a conversation. You want to be a writer, right? Well, she's an actress. Convince her to stay. He's like, okay, how? And then she's like, so Joe has to come up with a Let's lie. Your- 
Let's sure this is you. Is this what, uh, this is this what like, you sound like. <laughs> I don't know. Calvin sounds pretty cool to me. So then Joe has to like flee across town as he's texting a whole story to Calvin to convince Amy to stay there. And he hops out of the taxi and he doesn't pay for it. So the taxi guy's yelling at him and honking his horn, causing Amy to turn around and see Joe. And she just books it. And Calvin stands there uselessly. Joe runs up. He's like, what the hell, Calvin? He's like, oh, dude, no, don't worry. I got her info. And he's like, okay, can I have it? He's like, no. She gave it to me for my improv group, so really it's their property, and I don't think I can hand it. I just wouldn't feel good about giving that to you, man. She gave it to me in confidence, plus I think she was totally into me. She kept asking for my social security number, which I think <laughs> is the first sign of like a really good date. Dude, do you think I should put that on Tinder, though? Um, I think Calvin's dead. No, he's not dead, but Joe is a little upset. He says, you know what, Calvin? Let me get you a smoothie, man. (laughs) (laughs) And then Calvin's like, sure thing, Joe, bro. Just make sure to make it kale. I'm on a cleanse. And so he... Drops a couple of Percocets in there. And again. <laughs> again with the Percocets. You know, oh, no. It's book, the Percocet Professor Killer. If this book was released a little later, it would have been fentanyl. <laughs> Single-handedly behind the, the epidemic. <laughs> Joe is going through Calvin's phone as he's knocked out. He gets the address that Amy gave him, and he shows up at the address, and he's like, uh, yes, I've got flowers He's just like, he hits every single button and just keeps lying until somebody buzzes him into the building. And then he tried and true. And then he goes up and he stops on the stairs and think, am I really going to do this? I have a millionaire heiress who is hopelessly in love with me, who's also insanely hot. Or I could always just bag another chick since they throw themselves at me apparently every single day. He's becoming too self-aware. And then he thinks, no, if I go back now. Amy will never stop harassing me. She'll just be another jar of piss. How dare she barge her way into my life here in L.A. and try to ruin things for me. My life in L.A. I need to make sure. There's there's no way this guy thinks that. I need to make sure that she can't interfere with my future here with the woman I love. Love. How cognitively dissonant is he? Well, the other th- the other side plot is that Dr. Nikki, who apparently has gotten buff in prison, is now going and giving interviews saying, you know, I don't want to cast any stones, but there was another patient who showed up, a man named Toby Fox or Danny Fox or something, and uh, he was like uh, a client that seemed to be obsessed with Guinevere Beck. And I think, not to cast stones, he might actually be the real killer. And there's like a whole p- group of people saying, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Who's patient X? Why aren't the New York police investigating this? I just told you his fake name. And Joe's like, I can't believe this. What happened to client patient privilege? How dare he? He's not even a real doctor. He's an MSW. You know what? This is why you have to kill people. If you let them go, they just keep showing back up. Sure. You know, you seem awfully, awfully okay with that reasoning, Fletcher. I mean, it sounds pretty sound to me. Well... That, I think that's the issue, is what I'm taking umbrage with. <laughs> oh, Spencer, come on. So, so it's the telltale heart, right? But he just, he's just kind of like okay with that. <laughs> the there's, a, there's a constant beat, and he's just like, ah, music to my ears. Yeah, just white noise. <laughs> so Joe, he's back on the murder train. He's like, I gotta kill Amy. Kicks in the door. Actually, he doesn't kick it in. That's a lie. He picks the lock and sneaks in, and then he gets his ass kicked because the woman inside goes full ninja, kicks him in the nuts, slaps him in the face, punches him in the gut, and knocks him out. And when he wakes back up, he's tied up in bondage gear. He looks around. He does his psychopathic emotion reading. He's like, if she hasn't called the police yet, I've only got one card to play. What do you think it is? Connor, make He's down for it. He's down bad. Okay. Fletcher? Uh, He's going to ask for the books. No, no. 
he starts crying. Oh. So his oh. And he says, and it's the ugliest crying I could ever manage. Snot going down my nose, heavy weeping tears, crying like a baby. And she feels bad for him. She's like, what's going on? And he, he, spend, he spends this whole tale about how he's recently been dumped and he went on Craigslist and found a rape fantasy. And the, uh. door, was, the door was unlocked. So he went up and since it was open, he thought that it'd be okay to come in, that this was the right address. And apparently it was the wrong one and now he's going to get arrested and oh my god how could this have happened to him he was going to be a law student his whole life is ruined now and she feels bad for him so she cuts him free and uh, then she starts flirting with him she's like well you know uh, if, if you so are single you're into rape fantasies <laughs> <laughs> so Joe actually turns her down and then he gets back and Delilah is waiting for him and she's like so I see you're not dead Joe I know your secret and she has a video of him at Henderson's party where there's also comments saying who's that creeper in the back he probably killed Henderson. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Wisdom of the crowd, am I right? I suppose even well, Reddit is right once or twice. He's just magically unlucky, this book. So as he's doing this, Delilah's like, I know you're a drug addict, Joe. I know about the Percocets. And Joe is like, yeah, I guess I'll deal with that. <laughs> Sigma activity. <laughs> so then as as like he's leaving Delilah, Love pulls up in a limo and says, we're going to Malibu. And he calls Calvin. He's like, I'm going to need some time off work. And he's like, whatever you need, Joe, bro. I'm taking time off work right now. Is his <laughs> business still in business? So he goes to Malibu. And it's a sprawling estate complete with servants, including Simon of Simon and Garfunkel, who they have playing live music as, as a kind of jester, I suppose. Is it age are these people? Is it really Simon and Garfunkel? You don't have Garfunkel? <laughs> yeah, it's just Simon. <laughs> so then Milo is there and he, him and everyone else is just dissing on Forty, who's drugged and stoned out of his mind. And he's like, Joe, we need to go get tacos, old sport. You see, they cut my cameo out of True Detective. I was going to be an extra, you see. I could have nailed the part. I read what, for was it. Was it a cameo or an extra? <laughs> oh, you ask too many questions, old <laughs> sport. Anyway, I'm working on a movie and i think that you might be a perfect writing assistant anyway here's ten thousand dollars in cash i keep it in the glove box (laughs) what (laughs) and so he's like a total shithead by the way like he spills his he orders one of everything at taco bell eats like one bite spills like the rest on the floor and he's like don't worry joe we have people for that the workers and joe's just fine with that well joe actually thinks he's a giant asshole but he can't (laughs) he can't kill 40 because he's love's twin and he's also like still mad at Milo. And then Forty's like, oh yeah, her and Milo, oh, they used to totally have all sorts of sex. He was her first boyfriend, in fact. They went to law school together. Oh yeah, and uh, wouldn't you get this? He also is still insanely in love with her. But that's probably neither here nor there. Anyway, uh, take me to an S&M prostitute, Joseph. And Joe has to like sit on the couch as Forty does rails of cocaine. It is He's just babysitting him. So Joe's like, I need to get this guy a girlfriend. So he goes down to the beach the next day, finds a hot girl. He's like, hey, how would you like to date a super rich playboy? And then he just gets 40 a girlfriend just like that. Ma- you Matt, just, just have like to that. apply to yourself, 40. I have four and I'm just visiting. Listen, it's not hard being a matchmaker. <laughs> Apparently fucking not. 
then it kind of glosses over the whole summer where Joe and Forty are writing this script and Milo comes back and he's like I've got a new script it's gonna be me and love and we are gonna do a romance where it's just us two having actual unsimulated sex on set pornography <laughs> no 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 it's a romance I think it could film at Sundance anyway Forty you're a producer and uh, we're all gonna go have fun but first we have to go to Henderson's memorial and Joe is just like angrily driving the car and he's like we could have got someone to drive Joe I like driving <laughs> and it's got it's got real upset dad energy where everyone's like laughing and having a good time as they're going to this memorial turn this car around no no the type of energy where he's just like quiet the whole time but Joe, stewing could you please put the window up it's cold back here I don't know about that. What do you think, Monica, 40's new girlfriend? I'm fine with either or, actually. That's just great. <laughs> and then like, and in the back, Milo's like, yeah, anyway, it's going to be a great, we're going to, it's just going to be you and me on set every day talking, lots of practice kissing. And she's like, I get to be an actress? Wow. <laughs> And then Joe is just like, we're here. <laughs> well, aren't you going to turn the car over to the valet? I can park it myself. I'm having a good time. <laughs> so Joe, he's, this, he's he's fed up. He leaves. He finds Delilah at one of his old bars. And he's she's all dressed up. And what he calls her Band-Aid dress, which I assume is just a super tight one. And she's like, oh, look who's back. And he's like, yeah, you want to have sex? And she's like, sure. So they, what? Look, I'm not going to talk to you about my mom again. I know I probably probably freaked you out a little bit teehee but i'm an investigative journalist now i work for well it's not e entertainment but it's basically e entertainment Whoa, that, that's big <laughs> is she gonna like she works directly under ryan seacrest <laughs> so is she gonna like uncover the truth about joe well after they have sex she goes and she finds his murder bag and she's like it's that just, he's just keeping it's with just him? weird you have a murder bag and you were at henderson's that it's night called being prepared yeah well was henderson killed by any of this stuff no so stop asking questions <laughs> And then Joe's like, you need to put the bag down, Delilah. And she's like, okay. I'm not going to tell anyone, though, unless you want me to. Like, I know these podcasters, and it's basically serial. And we can no. get your story <laughs> out there, Joe. You can, you can say whatever you want to say, and he's just like, I uh, see. podcasters. Get in vermin <laughs> <laughs> get in the bathtub delilah and then he kills delilah and he just puts her in a duffel bag goes out steals love's boat that he knows how to drive now since he spends all summer with her and he's dumping her body and he's like you know it's just so sad she didn't have to die yeah just, here delilah went to new york city so did joe take delilah's organs because those away. those do quite you pretty quite far funny, no uh, but he's like monologuing thing. to himself as he <laughs> sails back to shores <laughs> Yeah, no boats, though. <laughs> Are we done with the plain white tees? <laughs> we'll never be done with the plain white tees. You can't give them up. I can certainly put them down, though. <laughs> And so they decide that, uh, I'm sorry, Joe, he's back on shore after he's saying, Delilah, she just didn't respect herself, though. She was getting ugly, too. Honestly, she was probably on her way out of Hollywood or trying to nab herself a husband. If anything, it was good that she died young. She can be remembered beautifully. Many girls don't even have that. Anyway, do-do-do-do-do. <laughs> he, he, he gets back to shore, and Love is just waiting on the dock for him, and he's like, oh, you actually weren't fucking Milo. I've made a terrible mistake, love, but I think we can still mend this relationship. And she says, yeah, you should come with us while we go shoot our f film. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Okay. And she takes him back with open arms because Joe, he's changed his ways. And 
at the shoot, everyone just starts roasting Joe immediately because Milo's like le- Milo's like leading people to make fun of him. He's like, let's call him Lover Boy. He he he. And then since he's the director, no, that's everyone- a different artist. Peach Part Two, is it? <laughs> well, actually, so he's hanging around craft services, getting the uh, free food, and someone's like, "Is Lover Boy at craft services again?" And then he's like, "I'm gonna get ripped." <laughs> so this next part <laughs> so this next part is Joe working out because he's mad that Milo is styling on him so he's just like doing push-ups going for a runs every day doing his best to get ultra lean I'm starting to respect him I'm starting to respect him more you know he's De- doing his cardio develop is it a clean bulk Spencer unfortunately I assume it's powered mostly by craft services so how how well do you think they eat Connor I suppose that's the counter question do they have mac and cheese 40 he gives Joe a call and Joe shows up at 40's room where he has a couple of hookers doing cocaine off each other's tits he's blazed out of his mind just popping random pills and he's like old sport I'm so glad you could make it perhaps you don't realize we just sold two strips to Megan fucking Ellison. Who? Yeah, exactly. That's why I said it. I, and then they explain in the text the director of American Hustle, that Megan Ellison. He's like, yes, she's very interesting. Which one's American Hustle? Wow, Fletcher. Okay. <laughs> like I said, this this book places itself firmly in 2010. You're not going to describe it to us, Spencer? Joe, he's like, that's amazing, Forty. Yeah, anyway, I've been having these hookers. And he goes into like a full-page description of the terrible acts he's been paying women to do to each other over the last 24 hours. Oh, no. Yeah, oh. so he's a bit different than the rambunctious playboy Netflix decided to cast him as. And it only gets worse from here because Milo, with his unsimulated blowjob scene that love doesn't want to soon, Joe's like, well, Milo, I think I have the perfect spot for you. So he's like, why don't you and I go to Coachella, Milo? Because I think some shots there would really amp up this film. He's like, you know what, Joe? That's genius. I didn't even think of that before. Joe says, yeah. Anyway, you can just sneak out at night. We'll say we're exercising. We'll go to Coachella. It'll be great. Don't tell anyone. Anyone where you're going. And so Love shows up the next night while Joe is getting his murder kit together and says, let's go have sex on set, Joe. And Joe says, you know what? Sure. And as they're banging, Milo walks in and sees Joe just railing the woman of his dreams and leaves. And so Joe smugly thinks, (laughs) we're still on for Coachella, right? (laughs) You know, some things are better than murder. (laughs) Maybe I don't have to kill Milo. He's not that awful, I suppose. Nay, get that insecurity back. That's your drive. But the next day, Madre, who shows up but our friend Officer Robin Fincher? (laughs) Why are you here? Well, at first he talks to Milo and says, don't worry, I'm not here to shut you down. As long as you give me a cameo in a few seconds, let me just show you my headshots. (laughs) Ha ha ha. But seriously, are there any open slots on this set? Does everybody want to be an actor? Yes, actually, because Joe sees in his car, he's like a pile of headshots, and Robin Fincher is desperate to become an actor in addition to being a police officer. But he shows up, punches Joe in the gut, and says, you know, I looked into your neighbor to Lila. Joe's like, never heard of her. Well, your neighbor says you were fucking. He's like, yeah, but I didn't really know her. And he's like, I know you killed her, Goldberg. And he's like, how how would you know that? He's like, he goes in like the whole evidence thing and like all the questions he asked people about how his neighbor just mysteriously went disappeared. And Joe says, well, that's a shame. I hope her parents find her though. I'm sure they're doing everything in their power. And he's just like smugly taunts him. And so Fincher doesn't actually have any evidence he's like drives off and joe says well one more person to add to the list i suppose (laughs) 
light, you Goldberg. Killing a cop. Yeah, well, Joe says, I can't just kill a cop. I have to be more crafty about this. So cop killing plans. Connor, I know you have at least one. It's not killing a cop if it's a failed actor. Wait, so you have to make him a failed actor first? I, mean, I don't have to make him anything. He's already a failed actor. I'm just saying <laughs> that supersedes any other designation. Okay, well, Madre, what's your cop murder plan? So I draw him in with my clever screenplay. It's a spinoff with The Rock and Jason Statham's character from The Fast and the Furious. An excellent film, if I do say so myself. And just in time. All right, Fletcher, yours. All right, so what am I going to do? You're killing, <laughs> you're killing a police Fletcher, officer. Have, where have you been? The cop is on your tail. He knows you just murdered this chick. All right, so here's what I do. Um, have you ever got the Peach Jolly Ranchers by chance? No. All right, so they're pretty good. So what <laughs> I'm going to do is I'm going to lace them with Percocets. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm going to plant them around his house everywhere. And I'm going to say, please eat me. I'm going to leave a note on each one. Don't Wait, you think leaving drug-laced candies Fletch, around somebody's Fletcher's bread, plan here them. actually gives Officer Fincher more intelligence than he's due as as we're about to find out so they all go to mexico for the rap party because love's parents pay for a whole weekend in cabo and joe's like let's just see empty celebrity houses cabo and he finds axel rose's house is empty so he goes down there and he calls a bunch of realtors and says i'm a famous developer from new york city i need the keys to axel rose's house and he gets rejected like four times but the fifth guy the fifth guy says sure thing pal let me unlock it for you i'll let you right on in and then he creates a fake email account, which is Megan is a fox at gmail.com because he knows that Officer Fincher is also a celebrity bodyguard. And so he emails Officer Fincher and says, hello, Mr. Fincher. My name is Megan Fox, the actress, and I would like you to show up at this house in Mexico and come to the basement so that I, you can protect me as a bodyguard. And he's like, there's no way this cop is this dumb. He's a police officer. And he immediately gets an email back. I love Me Jennifer's body. I'll be right there. Transformers was my favorite movie. <laughs> Basically, yes. And he says, don't worry, I'm the best in the business. <laughs> oh my fucking God. The only person he couldn't protect was himself. And Joe says, well, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just going for a run. He slinks away and he sets a Home Alone style trap of running <laughs> fishing line across the basement door frame. And as Officer Fincher walks in, he says, hello, is anyone here? Joe is in the basement and just says, I'm down in the basement. No. <laughs> Why don't you come down here? No. <laughs> and so Officer Fincher says, sure thing, and trips over the fishing line, falls down the stairs, and knocks himself unconscious. No, he doesn't. So then Joe, he picked Axl Rose's house for a reason, Fletcher, because he doesn't have the cage anymore, despite what Netflix ascertains. He uses the soundproof recording studio to trap Officer Fincher. And as he wakes up, Joe is just like leaning back in the chair, taunting him, being like, you're going to die, by the way. You're a pretty shitty cop, but a, but a worse actor. And I think that's your real crime. And he, he so Officer Taking Fincher. Connor's advice. Sure. Officer Fincher, in addition to his banana hammock swimsuit, suits he packed has a rolodex of cards that he keeps of celebrities that he's met and his interactions with them like warren julia roberts of a faulty elevator shaft closure or something or it's like pulled over rihanna broken tail light last name unknown and he's just like this is kind of pathetic honestly fincher do you actually think any of these people want to talk to you or that they would if you weren't in uniform you're not an actor 
you're a police officer and barely one at that. And he's like, that's not true. He's like, I haven't even gotten to Zac Efron yet. Did you really think you looked enough like him that you could play his dad in a movie? And he's like going through his IMDB page, just laughing at him. And so Fincher freaks out, runs headfirst into the glass and kills himself. What? <laughs> what? What? How? Did he like cut his neck? Dude, head no, first? he just ran headfirst in the glass and killed himself. Massive that, concussion. He didn't even have to say, welcome to the jungle, baby. You're going to die. <laughs> And so, what was Joe's plan to kill him? Taunt him to death, I guess. Well, his plan to dispose of the body is to use the boat, but he calls up the captain, fucking Captain Danny or something. I forget his fucking name. And he's just like, oh, sorry, Joe. Rules are rules. No one gets the keys to the boat but me. It's too dangerous to let civilians sail around. And he's like, no, maybe you don't. Civilians? Maybe you don't understand. Calm down, bud. Maybe you don't understand. I was in the Navy. I need the boat to let a friend sleep off a hangover. That's all it is. And he's like, that sucks. Get him a room in a hotel, though. Don't know what to tell you, and hangs up on Joe. So now Joe has a body that, with no way to get rid of it, and he's like, well, shit. Well, as far as they know, Megan Fox killed Axl Rose. <laughs> <laughs> so he bur- he buries Officer Fincher in Axl Rose's Rose Garden. Uh, and, and he says, you know, I always did have an eye for landscaping. Just ask Guinevere Beck. <laughs> Who's still alive in the Netflix show. <laughs> no, no, no. Guinevere Beck is still dead. But Candace, the throwaway girlfriend from the first one, she's hunting him through the second season. Here, Joe is just on a murder rampage. Oh, I'm making a cold call, Spencer. Ah, you think she's coming back? Interesting <laughs> take. <laughs> Joe, he buries him, goes back, and he's like, you know what? Everything is exactly where it needs to be now. Everything is fine. And then 40 walks in, shows Joe the picture where it's just 40 Quinn's name everywhere, like on all these tabloids, like 40 Quinn, the genius who created these two beautiful scripts that are so different from one another, so intricate in their verbiture and dialogue. How did he manage it? And it's just everyone talking about what a great author is. It's just Joe's work that he stripped the name off of. Ooh. Ah, plagiarism. Yeah. Now that's show business. And so Joe's like, that's... Really cool, Forty, because he's he's not trying to make a scene or anything. <laughs> he doesn't even give a shit. He's like, whatever. I'm still fucking a millionaire. <laughs> and so Forty, he disappears and he blows off his family, and they're all worried because he's also a drug addict. And loves like, this is your fault, Joe. Why can't you just be happy for Forty? You're so upset what? for no reason. And then uh-huh. Ray, the dad, is just like. Forty is a thirty-five-year-old man. <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> Wait, you, you, you the most this realistic your story. You don't need to say that. <laughs> and then the mom is just like, "My baby, where could he be?" <laughs> and the dads come back. I got French toast. This is the most realistic millionaire ever. <laughs> and so he gets Joe gets a text from Forty. He's like. How about some tacos, old sport? And he, show, he shows up. A fucking murder house. One last taco, old sport. We can get tacos. And so he shows up, and Forty's like, I don't know why you're so upset. You just need to be happy for me. So you did some touch-ups on my script. And it's like literally the whole thing written ground up by Joe. And he's like, I've been working on my brand for 15 years, Joe. You didn't put in the legwork. But you know what? Follow me around. Maybe one day you could be a writer, too. And Joe's like... Look, 
I'm not here to talk about that. Your sister and family are very worried. You should probably call them. He's like, I don't use my phone while I'm eating, Joe. And uh, I think my mom can afford to worry a few more days, starve herself a little bit. She's beginning to pork <laughs> up. Am I right? What? Wow. What? Again, a very different character than what Netflix portrayed as a man who just cared about his family. And then, uh, so Joe does some reverse psychology and he's like, you know, we can need to go get some more work done. How about we go to Vegas? Forty's like, that's a great idea, old sport meet me there and he flees Joe's like I'm gonna go find 40 don't worry because at this point he's decided 40 needs to go <laughs> and he shows up in Vegas he he like stalks 40 to the casino where 40 has two pairs of sunglasses on his shirt popped open leaning up his feet on two separate chairs just throwing $10,000 away per hand of blackjack talking to everyone about how great of an author he is and how he just sold two stories in Hollywood and how he's made more off those stories than this dealer is gonna make in his entire life and he's like where's my fucking goose gimlet i ordered it like a million years ago he's just like he walks up grabs a random woman by the hair who's on the slots and just says how much i want to bang you Listen, you don't pull people off the slot machine. They're animals. <laughs> well, the pit boss shows up and he's like, Mr. Quinn, so happy to have you back here. He's like, this is ridiculous, Rocco. Where's my goddamn service? And he's walking around. A hooker walks up. She's like, hey there. He's like, oh, sorry. No, I'm not interested. You see, I'm not a homo. Here's $100, though. Buy yourself a new pair of tits. And then a wedding party walks in and he pays the bride like 30K just no. for a, a quote unquote kiss. And like he's like feeling her up, talking. Tosses her back to the husband, just laughing, strolls out to a different casino, sits down, talks about how he's a genius author and how I have Megan fucking Ellison on the line. And everyone there is just like, I have no idea who that is. <laughs> Much like you, Fletcher. And so he's just doing all of this insane shit. And Joe is like, this is goddamn ridiculous. <laughs> so he also has a sack of... He has a backpack full of drugs that he is toting around. How did he get that many drugs? And he talks to, he texts Joe. Joe meets up with him and they drive to a clown motel. And Joe's like, I really don't want the uh, manager to see me. You understand, of course. So why don't you go in and tell him we're driving off to a pair of hot springs in the desert, Forty. He's like, sure thing. That sounds great, man. And so they're driving through. Joe's like, how about some water, Forty? <laughs> and he laces it with like eight Percocets. Oh my but God. Again with the Percocets. But he's going to bounce this. This shit. He, <laughs> but Forty is so high on cocaine, he doesn't stop talking and he doesn't slow down. Why don't you take a drink, buddy? He's oh, he like, drains the whole bottle and then it just doesn't do anything. No, to it's him. Rasputin. He's Rasputin. <laughs> Nothing can stop him. He's, he's like, Joe, look, you're okay at dialogue, but, but your never, water's weak. But you're never going to be a great writer until you realize we're weird. We artists, we're a little bit different. And my sister, I love her to death, but she's no artist, you know? And uh, he goes out to this hot springs in the middle of the desert. Forty strips down. He's doing bumps of cocaine next to this. And Joe is just like, no, I'm, I'm going to end this right now. And he's just <laughs> I like, don't know. this guy's on his way out. <laughs> he has to be. Well, the plan is to make it look like an OD, I think. But then Joe just like drowns Forty. And what? at this point, he like gets a Google alert. It's like Pete Salinger's parents have declared their daughter was in fact murdered. Oh, New no. evidence and anonymous tip have indicated that in fact Pete Salinger heir to the Salinger fortune was murdered last year and Joe's like well this is just fucking great isn't it <laughs> <laughs> so he, 
he, ca- he calls love and he's like doing like a whole juggling act at this point he's like no i, I i'm i'm finding your brother in vegas still yep as he's like boarding a plane to go to rhode island to fucking <laughs> destroy the evidence he shows up there in rhode island and he's like okay i just gotta find a way into the house does he find that police officer again later actually oh my fucking god but first he disguises himself as a delivery driver with a bunch of food shows up at the house and he's like yeah you wouldn't believe it i got an order here look if i could just get inside and set uh, this down spencer's traditional accent again you know, he's, he's a new into italian he's a new yorker and delivering in rhode island yeah sure why not um <laughs> well they, they don't like the 20 year old kid that answers the door he's just like mom did we order food and she's like no we've requested that all food and flowers be sent to the women's shelter peach was a major advocate for women's liberties oh that's that's that is true <laughs> well certain liberties <laughs> and he's like look if i could just set this down my boss is gonna kill me if i don't deliver this she's like oh you poor thing you keep the food and here you go and she tips him a five dollar bill that's it crisp from their millionaire's mansion <laughs> i was actually more offended by this than anything else so do like he goes back into town, Connor, and this is where he meets Officer Nico, who is in his bike riding unitard or latex. You know, what are the hell the bike riders wear? And he's like, "Don't I know you from somewhere?" And Joe says, "You know what? I crashed here last winter. You helped me. It was a whole thing." I just slinks away, and he's back at his motel. Like, okay, so how do I get this jar of piss out of their house when love shows up at his motel? What? Yes. Huh. So, so, is, so is he flying indirect? Is that why she keeps getting here so quickly? She just flies direct. Private jet, Madre. It's the power of money. Yeah, he had like a, a three-hour layover or something. Well, he had to stop, and I'm sure there was a whole bit where he murdered a bunch of people in Chicago in between his <laughs> in between his multiple affairs he's had or something. It, it, Big deal. Three hour- if you die in Chicago, it isn't even murder. Oh, <laughs> got a point. So Love is like, I know you're cheating on me, Joe. And he's like, no, look, I need to tell you the truth. And he tells her the whole story of how he's not cheating on her. He's just a multiple murderer. And wow, that easy, huh? Sure. And she says, you know what, Joe? I accept you for who you are. Really? Let me tell you a little story. You see my brother, Forty, wherever he is right now, when he was a child, he got a dog. And the dog, Roosevelt, it loved me more than him. So I found Roosevelt one day nailed to the wall. And you know what? Sure. Honestly, fuck that dog because it should have loved 40 more all these people that don't that just judge him for being a drug addict look i know people like you like my uh, brother they just need someone to love them that's all uh, did, uh, where's where do you know what happened to 40 again <laughs> is, is this the part where we tell what happened to 40 so you know roosevelt 40 <laughs> like dog like owner i guess <laughs> So he leaves that part out, but she's but he they have sex. Joe wakes up, goes to shower off in the morning, and he finds out love has locked him inside the bathroom. And so he's trying to break out, and she finally lets him out, and she has the jar of piss. And he's like, What the hell? She's like, I Wait, covered what? up I covered up for you. You see, I went there and I pre- she's so much better than me. What? And I pretended to be Peach Salinger's gay lover. And then I told them that Beck probably killed her, that harlot, and Damn, that's a good one. Any and anyway, no, don't worry, they said they're not gonna investigate because they don't want to admit the fact that their daughter was gay wow this just keeps getting better sure and so and so don't worry i have the evidence right here and joe's like i love you babe let's go back and he everything is fine everything's settled until by the way i killed your brother uh no actually because love gets some text saying 40s in the hospital you see someone found him and his memory's a little bit hazy madre <laughs> but uh he joe gets a text just saying we need to talk professor and so they show up 
at the hospital and Forty's like going to spend some elaborate yarn. He's like, let me tell you what happened. And Ray's just like, I'm going to leave the room. He's like, get up. <laughs> <laughs> and so he starts to spit, like say, you know, Joe, I could have died out there if somebody hadn't found me. So here's what's going to happen, Joe. You're going to keep writing like a little monkey for me until I get an Oscar. And he's like, he's like, you're not mad I tried to kill you? He's like, no, as long as I get my Oscar. And so really <laughs> most accepting man ever. And so and if you just think about trying to kill me again, I'll spill the story to everyone and then you'll go to prison. And so Joe's like, sure, whatever. And he just, you know, actually Joe goes on this next one. He visits his old friends and this is where we find out Harvey's dying of cancer. And he's like, huh, huh, I'm scared, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> My time is running out. <laughs> Calvin is all burned out. He's thinking about leaving LA. He's gotten kind of fat. Uh, you know, you know what happened to Delilah, but uh, what happened to the thief? The thief? Yeah. yeah the oh, one at the a- beginning. Yeah, Amy. Amy. Yeah, Joe's just kind of stopped thinking about her. But what? Man. <laughs> they gave up. Chasing Amy. Not anymore. Is that for book three, Spencer? Is Amy coming back? She'll be back. Calm your tits. But they're, he's going through. He's having a great time with love. And then 40 dies, Connor. From what? Struck by a car. Nice. Natural causes. <laughs> Final <laughs> destination. <laughs> yep. And Joe's just like, ah, Maria Santos. Ironic that her name means saint. Thank God. If I were to build a religion, it would be around her. <laughs> and he's just trying not to smile as he's at Forty's funeral. And the funeral is full of rich people. George Clooney, Megan Fox, Amy <laughs> Adams. Oh, yeah. It's like a whole celebrity. So Joaquin Phoenix. And after Joe gives a eulogy, which he congratulates himself on for being just so darn good. It's a good thing he started back in Vegas. He had time to rewrite. <laughs> And it he goes in great with the L.A. crowd. And everyone's just like, Joe, you're so amazing. You're awesome, Joe. Man, I love you. And everything's turning up daisies for Joe. Fletcher, you seem a bit perturbed right now. How about you calm I, the I hell down? I told you 40 was on the way up. I just... How? And you know what? Also, Love is pregnant. She's going to have a baby. And so one morning, Joe gets up, goes for a run on the beach, enjoying life. And this is where he meets the blueberry bitch again, Connor. She's just randomly also on the beach. He runs into her and he just starts strangling her. And he's like, he stops and he's like, you know what? I'm better than this. And he stops strangling her. And then she says, you know, I'm glad that you're not going to kill me, Joe. I can get you the money back. And he's like, no, I'm better than strangling. I got Percocets now. Molly Percocets. So Joe decides to let her go because he's better than that. He's like, why did you leave a note for me? He's like, she just says, you're so darn sad, Joe. Frankly, it's pathetic. You need to work on yourself and being alone. Oh, not now she's dead. And he says, nah, I'm marrying a millionaire, actually. What? I'm I'm, I'm, I'm very famous. Did you have a key to the house? (laughs) And so... (laughs) <laughs> Joe lets her go and he, he, does, he does stop and think maybe I should kill her I don't want to leave any evidence but I'm better than that now and he goes to Taco Bell with love and that's when the police attack Connor and they arrest Joe for the murder of yeah, for Beckett what? well remember Officer Nico well he was flipping through a sailing magazine and the name Joe used was Spencer Hewitt and th- right there in uh, paper he Kaiser no, it was, it, it's the it's the end of uh, Usual Suspects he saw Spencer Hewitt and he's like that's just weird that there's two Spencer Hewitts and then he goes and he 
talks to the mechanics who fixed Joe's cards, and uh, he realizes that it was owned by a Mr. Mooney. He looks at Mr. Mooney from Mooney's Bookshop, sees that Joe Goldberg was an employee there, who was also the boyfriend of the dead Guinevere Beck, and he shows the picture of Joe Goldberg to the family that Joe tried to sneak in, uh, the Salinger family. Then he takes that picture, goes and talks to Dr. Nikki, and he's like, is this Danny Fox? He says, yes, that's the man that was obsessed with Guinevere Beck. And they tie the whole thing together and what arrest this you. Is? This is a fix. This is a frame up. This so, is- some average beady out of fucking Rhode Island. <laughs> yeah, I guess sure. he just happened to stumble upon all this evidence leading out to the hit right, writer as you Joe know, we Goldberg. Ro- we Rhode Islanders are very astute <laughs> in our observation. That's not how <laughs> it sounds. That's completely different. Yeah, they sound like these, Spencer. Stop doing accents. <laughs> anyway, my humble Rhode Island ways, they found the murderer, and I passed along to the LAP. I can't wait for Joe to beat this injustice, this rap. Well, Connor, he gets the best lawyer money can buy, and they're sitting there, and you know when he called the captain down in Mexico looking at the boat saying he had a drunk friend? They come in, they're like, what was the name of your friend, by the way, Joe? Axel uh, Rose. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, you know, because uh, you said you're, you said love hated him, and we're talking to love right now, actually. And he's like, oh, and, and Joe, he realizes, flashing back, that love says multiple times, I don't hate anyone. He's like, love actually doesn't hate anyone. And the police officer pauses in time. You hear the sound of glass shattering. His life points drop to zero. Oh, he goes, no. he goes oh, color no. inverted. And he says, Nani? He's like, yes, officer. I just meant that 40s friend who I was helping. I don't know his last name, by the way, because he's 40s friend. I was just trying to get him a night on the boat. And I actually wasn't murdering people in Mexico. <laughs> Ironclad. Well, I believe it. And then uh, the officer says, well, we're going to definitely check on that and comb through everything. And Joe just hits him with the, okay. <laughs> and then the right. officer says, blasted, he's beaten us somehow. Yeah, keep in mind, by this How? point, Joe has like probably double-digit bodies to his name that aren't Guinevere Beck. Well, he also has quadruple-digit account, Madre. <laughs> and so, actually, as he's being arrested by the police, he says, it's okay, though, now. I'm one of the rich people. I'm untouchable. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's a bit of truth. <laughs> that's, that's pretty And close. the whole book ends with him just chilling in prison, being like, yeah, I'm probably gonna get out of here in like a week. I got a new family on the way. It's gonna be pretty awesome being a dad. Yep, everything's looking up for old Joe Goldberg. I think he's hit by a car. <laughs> In prison? <laughs> well, what's Mr. Mooney going to think? What about the books? The books, Joseph. You gave up on the dream. I specifically told you not to go after women there. And look at you now, a millionaire screenwriter for major motion pictures. You've thrown your life away, boy. <laughs> oh, no, Mr. Mooney, you're right. I need to kill more people. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying go after the books, Joe. Go after the books, not murder. Don't worry, Mr. Mooney. I'm on top of it. Bye. <laughs> no, let's, let's do the math here really fast because he killed officer fincher delilah uh the comedian G- yeah henderson henderson guinevere beck peach salinger benji we're up to six i think he's only killed six so far but it's implied when you oh started and, and fr- candace so that's seven yeah, there he's Wait, not what about the cop did we include him we did we already yeah he's him. buried in axel rose's garden okay. where he'll forever stay <laughs> And in no way is this ever going to come back up. Uh-huh. Well, it's Mexico, Fletcher. I assume they dig up a dead body in a garden there, and it's just a Tuesday. <laughs> 
But overall, like the shift and what Netflix did to this book is heinous. Forty is the main bad guy, and he's like a tragic hero in the fucking ne- in the Netflix show. He realizes Joe is a murderer, tries to save his sister, and Joe shoot. Like, it's either Joe or Love that shoots and kills Forty, because Love is also a murderer in the Netflix show who has been killing people since she was a child. Here she's just kind of like apathetic more than anything, and the fact that they de-aged her because in the next one, Love is ate the fuck up because she's going into her 40s. Yeah, what is her name? Fucking Padretti or whatever, the actress for the show. I I don't remember. It is not at all. I think she's younger than Joe Goldberg's actor. I'm going to say the book was more fun. We had more murders. We have Joe talking about how much fun it is to be in L.A. And I just like the descriptions of the kills better. Where, where are we going from here? Is, an, is a new murderer going to continue the legacy? No, it's still Joe Goldberg. It's going to be you Orchestrating in from inside prison. No, he gets out of prison. I'm going to actually spoil the first page of the next one because he just hand waves away. It was a six-month trial, but I was found not guilty. <laughs> wow. That's legendary. Imagine being those the cops. The system works, Madre. <laughs> They're fucking coming over everything. It's a picture of Joe Goldberg, like with Beck's severed head bearing it. <laughs> He's got Peach Salinger, like corpse slung over his shoulder, and it's just like that's Joe Goldberg. And Joe like throws money at the jury, and his lawyer just says, "Is it?" <laughs> <laughs> and now that he's found not guilty, that psychiatrist is never getting out. Doctor, well, Doctor Nikki got ripped in prison. I'm actually hoping he comes back in the latest book as a prison escapee, hunting down Joe Goldberg using his psychological wits versus no. Joe's mastercraft murdering. No, speaking of which, he was a very terrible psycho- psychiatrist. <laughs> What was his advice for having an obsession? Find just a new a, one. Just find a new obsession. I think he's found his his new obsession. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> billionaire. Oh, he's self-diagnosing now. I'm getting a lot of hate, even though Joe is done. How, so, Fletcher, has your opinion of Joe increased at all now that he works out and kills people? He's a millionaire. A little bit. However, I was going to say, what does back, Joe have to do? He's back to simping for more ladies. He needs to stop simping and just start killing. <laughs> what? <laughs> He'll never be a, a true artist. A true. Uh, he made a cop kill himself by ramming his head into a yeah, wall. But how does that help him get a book, Spencer? How does that help him retrieve the stolen Wait books? Wait a minute. You're not yeah. Connor. You're Mr. Mooney. <laughs> It's about the literature, Spencer. The (laughs) fucking literature. Craft. So I'm going to say maybe Mr. Mooney should have seen the warning signs. Oh, yeah. Also, in the fucking Netflix show, they fucking just bring back the murder cage that Joe builds on his own in a storage locker. (laughs) Is it like a psychological need of his to like recreate it? And they build it again in the third season. No, he doesn't oh God, have this, it. Is, this is the crux of what makes Spencer angry. It's the fact they, they bring give him a goddamn murder. signature when Joe's whole thing is just like in it being an impulsive murder. He's like, yeah, I should probably kill you. Strangling it is. Uh, or I'm gonna. I have no idea how I'm gonna kill this cop. Maybe we'll just lock him in a soundproof room and taunt him until something happens. He doesn't have a whole murder fucking handyman skill set. It's dumb, is all I'm saying. It's stupid. Spencer just wishes you could kill people that easy. Well, thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, leave a five-star review. Shout out to that guy in Germany that's single-handedly skewing the metrics. (laughs) We do appreciate it. And uh, until next time, class dismissed.